everyone, and welcome back to the Kowski Cast. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined once again by my great friend Will from America, and we are going to be going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2. We did Phase 1 a little while, actually it was quite a while ago, I think, when we did the podcast for Phase 1, but we're doing this just at the speed that I'm watching them. This is a project that absolutely nobody asked for, and so that's basically the same thing as all the rest of my podcasts. Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Was it November? I, I feel like it was over Thanksgiving when we recorded uh, I, the first one of these. Wow. See, I think it was longer ago than that. Let me check. It, it really could have been like anywhere within six months and it would have made little difference to me. No, you're not going to want to know. <laughs> oh, okay. Was. It was in June 11th, 2020. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we are at the Almost one year mark. Same just as Thanksgiving. Yeah. For for anyone who maybe either didn't listen to that last one or hasn't is going to go back but hasn't listened to it yet or something, uh, or if you've just forgotten because it's been basically a year, the reason that this podcast exists is because back at the very beginning of quarantine, when I had some time on my hands and I was on furlough from work, I thought, hey, I have never really seen any of the Marvel movies, so I should go and try to watch all of them. I signed up for Disney Plus. Actually, I think I like bought the first three movies and then I signed up for Disney Plus when it seemed like the best thing to do. So I signed up for Disney Plus, started watching the movies, knocked out phase one within a couple weeks and then have proceeded to very, very slowly make my way through phase two. Got busy, things happen. Um, I looked back 53 weeks ago on Instagram is when I first started documenting my thoughts on the Marvel movies. Uh, That was was the beginning of phase one. 49 weeks ago was when I started phase two and I just finished phase two. Technically, I finished phase two like a month and a half ago, but th- then Will needed to watch all the movies really quickly. So, so Will, how was your journey? Because you watched all of, did you watch all of phase two or did you go back and start from the beginning? No, I, I just watched all of phase two this time, uh, starting about like a week ago. And I, I was not like a day one Marvel fan. I think I covered this in the first podcast, but like who remembers that? Uh, I watched them all like during my my freshman year of college uh, leading up to Civil War. So we're going through like phase two, which is the time where I, I like binged all these movies. Therefore, I a lot of these like later ones in my binge, I like wasn't really paying as close attention. So I did catch a ton of new things on this rewatch that I didn't really pick up on the first time. As we get into phase three, we're going to be into the point where I saw like everything going forward in theaters like the weekend they came out. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, after this point, I was like, you know, diehard fan. Gotcha. Uh, but it, it was fun to revisit this uh, this point because I think I was watching all these movies on like uh, like really poor quality, uh, like illegal streaming sites. So watching them on Disney Plus, they also look a lot nicer. For sure. Yeah. So like I said in my first podcast, feel free to go back and listen to that if you haven't already or listen to it again, you know, to refresh your memory. I had seen Iron Man 3, which was the very first uh, movie I saw, or I don't know. I I feel like this is like- It's the first movie you ever saw. No, I feel like I keep changing the story. I had to go see Iron Man 3 for my my senior year of high school. It was our senior movie. And I can't remember if I thought, 
oh, I should quickly watch Iron Man 1 first, or if I saw Iron Man 3 and then thought, wait, let me go back and watch Iron Man 1. I don't remember the order, but either way, I needed to see Iron Man 3, so I either quickly watched Iron Man 1 or I just saw the movie and then I saw Iron Man 1. And then I I tried to watch The Avengers, fell asleep. Long story short, it was like, you know, 10 years later, I decided to tackle this project and watch them. And while phase one especially, I was going through kind of as like a reluctant fan. Like I really liked Iron Man, but didn't really care about any other superhero. At this point, I'm I'm a little bit more all in, like not quite all the way. I think I'm still looking at this with too critical of an eye. If you are a Marvel f- super fan, if you, you know, watch the movies all when they came out and you're really, really into this, if this is too beloved for you, this podcast may not be for you. Because the whole thing about this Marvel journey for me has been like, this is a person who has really no interest in Marvel superheroes. Watching these movies for the first time outside of the hype, you know, not seeing them in theaters and watching them by myself and giving my honest opinions as both a movie fan and like a a cinephile who has studied movies, trying to look at both what I think is entertaining, but also what I think is actually good. And because I'm doing this, like taking notes while I'm watching the movies and that kind of thing, you automatically become more critical because you're almost looking for things that are bad. That's something that's happened with almost everything I've done a podcast on, watching, uh, you know, Riverdale, reading Twilight, like even though I'm supposed to be pro on Twilight, it's hard not to notice negative things when you're analyzing something. So I definitely think that at the end of all of this, I want to go back and watch all the movies again really quickly, you know, not over the course of a year, but over the course of a couple weeks. And I think I'm probably going to enjoy them all more when I'm turning my brain off. But it's, which I guess, I mean, is that like a good thing though? You know, is, is the is the mark of a good movie that you can only enjoy it when you're kind of just passively watching it? Shouldn't you think critically about movies? I don't know. I would say yes, but I think it's just a different kind of movie and you just have to kind of analyze them differently. You can analyze them in like in comparison with other movies as well. And I think some Marvel movies really do hold up in comparison to like real cinema. But uh, I, I think what you're saying makes sense. Like obviously when you're going through it with the intent of podcasting about it, you're looking for things to criticize. Mm-hmm. And what you're just saying there about like quote unquote real cinema, right? I think yeah. when people think of the Marvel movies, I think probably the first one that comes to mind is like either whichever one you saw first or just like and any given Avengers movie where it's a group of all of the, you know, peeps together fighting and you it's got this very like colorful look, you know, not exactly cartoony, but clearly superhero, that's the genre. The genre is kind of in the same way that like Transformers looks or Fantastic Four, some of these other big movies, you got lots of people fighting, doing cool battles, snarky banter, jokes, that kind of thing. And that's like what I think of when I think of the Marvel movies. But also individually, like one thing I'm kind of tracking is the different styles of the individual movies, because I think like the Avengers movies has a very particular feel, whereas I think the Hulk individually or the first Captain America, those had very different feels. Or in this in this phase, I think that um, Ant-Man has a very standalone different feel of a movie than the Avengers did, right? Like I think some some of them feel more samey and then some of them kind of try to do maybe a, a slight genre film style thing. Like I, I watch Captain America and while there are moments that feel like a superhero movie, a lot of it to me feels more like a war movie, which I think is a cool genre element that I wasn't expecting when going into watching Captain America. So I think that the 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 ones that can stand alone by themselves and be very entertaining and interesting by themselves where you don't have to know the whole story. That helps to the point where in this phase we have, let's see, 
I guess Avengers Age of Ultron is really the only one in this phase where everybody's kind of back together. And Mm -hmm. at that point, I was like, wait, hold on. I feel like I've forgotten things from the first times we had them together. They'll make references or they'll talk about things, um, especially really anything that has to do with like S.H.I.E.L.D., the organization. Oh, yeah. By the time I got to that, because it had been in my time watching it weeks since I had seen the Avengers, I guess for real people, though, like it could be years. Yeah, it was like years. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing that that uh, probably some people would do like little mini binges right before they would go back and watch the newest one. I, I definitely did that with like Star Wars movies when they came out. Yeah, I don't want to get too much on Age of Ultron, but I think the experience you had was emblematic of the experience a lot of people had when Age of Ultron came out. Okay, great. Uh, but Not alone. <laughs> we can uh, table that discussion. Yeah. So let's go through these in order. But I will say that I think overall, I enjoyed most of these movies as a whole better than ones from the first set. Let me see. So, so far, I saw so there's 12 movies in the first two phases, six in phase one, six in phase two. And I I do still have in my rankings, Iron Man and the Avengers as my number one and number two, and Captain America as my number three. So a a lot of these were more in the middle. Mm. This didn't didn't crack my bottom spot, but it got close. Uh, I still have Thor as the worst, so we'll... (laughs) I know a lot of people say that the Thor movies, like, I've heard that Thor Ragnarok's really good, and I know that people always talk about how the Dark World's horrible. I thought the Dark World was very slightly better than Thor, so we'll get to it, and we're gonna, but we're gonna jump in with something that's a little bit more fun to talk about first, which is Iron Man 3, my OG, my, my, my home, home base, I don't know what I was gonna go with there. <laughs> Your home skillet. My home skillet, Iron Man 3, which I love, and you cannot change my mind on that. I think, while Iron Man two is the angsty of the Iron Man movies. Iron Man one is like, you know, the classic, the one that everybody likes. I think that Iron Man three is a great movie. It is like the Pirates of the Caribbean three for me, which is my favorite of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like people always think of the first one as being the best, but if you actually go back and watch the first one, there are some kind of dull moments. And I think that's the same as Iron Man one. Iron Man three is pretty much for me a bop the whole way through. Like I enjoy the heck out of that. I think it's fun. Is it like a little ridiculous? Sure, but the whole middle section where he's like kind of like having PTSD from the Avengers and the little boy helps him out and then he has to like learn, learn to just build things again and not not rely on his suit. I like it. It makes me cry at the end. Yeah, I think I would say Iron Man has like an overall, like the first one has like an overall more cohesive, coherent story. And, and I think it's like a more satisfying ride from start to finish. Iron Man 3 has like some bumps, but I, I think it is still like a good definitely a good movie i think my favorite part is the part where tony's uh his house gets blown up incredible sequence there and he's got to go work with that little boy and build all his technology using like potato guns and whatnot yeah that's fun i think yeah. that part's great uh, i yeah. love the twist with the mandarin i love uh who's the villain? yeah that was like very uh controversial twist i don't know if you know about that what was so controversial about the twist because so the mandarin uh i don't read the comics but i know people who read the comics apparently the mandarin is like iron man's arch nemesis in the comic oh. in the comics like hmm. number one and people were so mad when like the mandarin in the movie turned out to be this guy just like playing a character okay well like but, i said as a non-comic yeah. reader for yeah this, it's like i, I don't care cool. though <laughs> i liked uh aldrich killian who is portrayed by somebody guy pierce guy pierce yes from from memento from, from memento which is one of my like top five movies of all time so oh, same <laughs> 
Yeah, so I uh, I loved that. I liked him in the role. I thought his motivation was like really stupid. The fact that he is like just mad at Tony Stark because he tried to pitch him on an idea in an elevator like he's a 20 sad, years sad ago. He's a sad business boy. He's just a sad business boy. He went up on the roof <laughs> and just waited for like an yeah. hour. And I think I said in my Instagram recap, I'm not sure, but I feel like something that I would have said is I have this thing in movies where if somebody is like mistreated by the hero, you Usually it's like an old man or something. It's like, oh, sad old man. Why'd you like, push him over? You didn't, whatever. Like that always bums me out like a lot. Mm-hmm. And th- and I felt bummed out when he was standing by himself on the roof. It was really sad. So, yep. Okay. So that, that was Iron Man 3. In general, though, I still think it's really fun. I think it's got a, a fun ending. It, it makes me sad at the end because he's like, okay, this is, this is dumb because I think I should probably root for this. But like when he takes the shark, out of his heart cavity or whatever and he like doesn't need the the thing powering him anymore i'm like well then what's the point don't be (laughs) like the whole point of being iron man is that you have to and so that kind of like annoyed me for whatever reason yeah then he's like i'm putting i'm putting away the suit and then you get to age of ultron he's just like first minute just flying around in the suit yeah just kidding again uh what do you think about the uh like the airplane uh rescue scene where it's like 13 people right so this is interesting i recently but prior to starting this back in 2019 i was on a plane and i was watching this movie i was watching all the iron man movies and on the plane uh, yeah it was a long flight (laughs) and uh and i watched this movie and this scene is not in there the president gets on the plane and then the next scene is tony stark has sort of gathered everybody by the water oh my god they they must have like cut it out of the plane cut cut. they completely cut out the whole people falling from a plane and i was like Quikowski. so i was so perplexed i was like wait did i imagine this is this a deleted scene like did i imagine that this was in there have i some but i'm like i'm sh- i'm sure this is part of the movie and then it took me a while it wasn't until i landed and told my sister this and she's like well yeah they probably cut it out because they don't want people on a plane watching a plane crash and people falling yeah, on a plane i'm like watching a plane get that ex- makes exploded. so much sense and and so apparently that's a thing and i'm i haven't i could i guess i could google this because i'm sure there are other movies that are also altered on planes there must be this is the first i've ever heard of this though but yeah it was really interesting it, it makes sense uh that's like one of the best scenes in the movie though in my opinion and and then i love the reveal at the end that like he wasn't even in the, in the suit, suit the whole time yeah, yeah. i love that because he get he like saves everybody gets hit by a truck immediately and then he's <laughs> yeah. like whoa didn't see that one coming <laughs> yeah it cuts to him like in that. a vr goggles yeah i i do love that uh so it's it to me it's still a top tier marvel movie because i think it's just impossible not to talk about how great robert downey jr is in that role. Again, while I may be spoiled on certain things, this podcast is a spoiler-free outside of the first 12 movies, so we're not going to be talking about anything else. But anyway, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. (laughs) So I gave this one a score of 6 out of 10, which I think is a pretty fair rating considering my top score so far is Iron Man 1 with a 7 out of 10, and I haven't gone above 7 out of 10. All of these scores will be readjusted after I've seen all the movies and scaled. We're kind of grading on a curve right now, but, but I enjoy it and I think that my biggest gripe about the movie is the fact that I still don't understand why all three Iron Man movies are in the first seven movies. Yeah, I I think they just ran out of like Iron Man movies, Iron Man stories to tell. I mean, like some of the later movies are kind of like also Iron Man movies. Yes, I think Age of Ultron feels kind of like Yeah, Age of Ultron is uh, like Civil War, uh, the first Spider-Man movie. Uh, You know, we haven't gotten to those, but those are very much like 
like Iron Man is the secondary main character in those, I would say. Yeah, and so while Iron Man as a character continues to be a thing, I don't really... I guess I'm just confused why they either didn't make an Iron Man 4 completely standalone Mm -hmm. Iron Man movie, and maybe that had to do with Robert Downey Jr. not wanting to, maybe it had to do with them not having any other stories, especially since they really wrap up most of everything. But I guess I'm more curious about, like, why didn't they spread them out if they had somewhat of a long-term plan? Like, even if Iron Man 3 was in this phase, but pop it down after, you know, the Winter Soldier or Guardians or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that would make sense. The only thing I can think of is that I know Robert Downey Jr., his contract was, like, a lot different from a lot of the other actors in the franchise. And I think he might have been, like, contracted to do like a certain number of movies in like this time period and they were just like getting as much out of him as they could makes sense so yeah but that's that's speculation on my part yeah someone will probably correct us well at the very least even if that's over we'll get to see more iron man and probably my favorite thing about doing this watch so far has been the fact that i really liked the three iron man movies and i'd seen them multiple times over the years and i didn't really realize like oh if i want more iron man just go watch the other movies he's in them didn't think about it that way but yep so there we go all right yep Oh, and I'll I'll go ahead and give my rating too. I also gave it a six. Uh, it is currently of the twelve in phase one and two. I have it ranked at number five. Okay, so you're right uh, near so me because like, I have it at. Four. I feel like similar similar uh, similar opinions there. Yeah. Did you say sorry? Six out of ten. What did you say? Yeah, I give it a six out of ten. So now rolling on through, we got Thor: The Dark World, which going into it, basically everybody who talked to me told me like, oh, it's a horrible movie, and so I was expecting horrible things. Now I actually liked this better than. OG Thor. And the reason is because I think the first Thor, its two biggest flaws were trying to take place over like two to three days time period. We've talked about that ad nauseum in the first MCU recap. But also because seeing Thor come to Earth wasn't as interesting, I think, as seeing, like, if you're going to do Thor, show me Thor's world. And that's what I liked about this, was most of this movie, except for the very beginning and the very end, takes place in Asgard, which I like. On Asgard? In Asgard? On Asgard. I don't, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's like a, a planet, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's a planet, but it's like also a city, so I just, Yeah, mm. it's a little weird. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm one of the people who thinks the Dark World is just trash. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you, it might have that you had like lowered expectations but I think this is to this date the worst MCU movie go back and watch Thor 1 again Thor 1's I, I did I did <laughs> I so think bad. Thor Thor at least like I think has better comedy than Thor the Dark World does and a lot of Thor the Dark World I was just like bored to tears at least Thor there's like things happening I don't think it's a good movie but you know everything going on with like the dark elves with Malekith and there's there's just like so much time with Darcy and her new intern it's like why do we need two comic relief characters now Uh, and they're just nothing they say is funny at all I I just had a miserable experience watching this movie and I have barely any notes on it. Yeah, I think I made it clear in my first Thor recap that I, I don't care about the Darcy character at all. No. Don't need no. her. Uh, I like Natalie Portman being in a fun movie. I think that's fun. I like that she had a slightly bigger role in this one, it seemed like. Kind of. I don't know. She yeah, was in there. I guess a little. Yeah, she deserved better still. Yeah, here's something that I feel like she was one of the first people to do, and we're gonna get a whole lot of that in this phase and the next one, which is she's like a jerk <laughs> in the whole movie, though. She's a jerk. How so? 
She's a jerk to her boy. Okay, it's kind of like if you've seen Gilmore Girls The Year in a Life where Rory has like this boyfriend that she keeps forgetting she has and she keeps being a horrible person to this boyfriend. She's like that with this guy she goes on a date with. She goes on a date with this guy. She doesn't pay attention to him. She's clearly still hung up on Thor. She calls him and like uses him later in the film just to get like a cell phone service for some reason. Honestly, I don't remember a whole lot about Thor The Dark World. (laughs) It's been a while. It's been a while. I I think now is this the one where Loki is like locked up in jail? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So Loki I thought, was fun. I thought Loki was fun in this movie, and I feel like we kind of rehashed like this whole plot again. Like I want to be yeah. clear, it's a bad movie. I didn't really care for it, yeah. but I just liked it <laughs> slightly better than Thor. Which I sure. I think that this is something that if I go back and rewatch these movies, I might like Thor one better than I did at the time. But on this one, I was like. Thor 1 just seemed kind of lazy. Like, it seemed like a story we've seen before. Like, person from outer space falls to Earth, acts a little different. They're like, hey. Yeah, and then fish they, out like, of water. have to save somebody. I honestly couldn't even really tell you, like, what happens in this movie. I know there's a plot point where either Thor or Loki, like, one of them seems to die, but then they don't actually die because of twist. Yeah. Well, like, Loki was, like, working with Thor to get out of, like, get out of jail. And then, like, they were working together. And then Loki's just like, just kidding. Uh, uh, I, I'm working with Malekith and I betrayed you. And then there's like a fight that goes on for 15 minutes and then Loki dies. Yeah, but didn't we find out at the end that Loki didn't actually die? But yeah, like, maybe yeah, he Thor- didn't actually die. But did Thor thinks that he dies still? Is that yes. still a thing? Okay. I think that's the case. So this is, okay. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm look, I'm not going to rewatch Thor The Dark that's, World anytime soon. So yeah. whatever. I don't have a ton to say on this movie except that it, it felt pretty lazy. I think if you look at my Instagram stuff, you'll see that there was a lot where I was like, basically, Thor's dad in the first movie was like, we can't just go to wherever place and start a war and fight them. And then in this movie, he's like, come on, Thor, why are you not fighting? It was like he completely swapped mentalities, which was really annoying. Yeah, I don't really, I don't ever really care that much about what they're doing with with Odin. I feel like they're they're really misusing the like sidekick dudes, Thor's friends. Oh yeah, they're barely in this. <laughs> yeah, none of which I remember any of yeah, their names. Yeah, one of them got recast and you just like don't even notice. Yeah, there's like a really lazy sort of love triangle situation going on with Thor's lady friend who I don't Sith. remember. Yeah, her. Like, this is my point. I watched this movie and, and I've seen two Thor movies and I don't remember any of these people's names. So yeah, they're I, not very memorable. Yeah. So I don't have a lot to say about this movie. I gave it a 3.5 out of 10 which is better than the three I gave Thor. I also gave The Incredible Hulk a three, which honestly, I feel like The Incredible Hulk probably deserves more than a three. I think its worst bits are that it was made in 2008 and like the CGI doesn't look great. Sure. I think that there are a lot of things in common with The Incredible Hulk and The Winter Soldier, which I'll get back to in a Mm. minute. That's maybe a hot take. But um, so I think maybe The Hulk deserves better. But yeah, so this is in my current, well, it's currently 11 out of 13 because I've actually already seen Captain America Civil War, but I guess it's a 10 out of 12 right now for me okay yeah i have i gave thor the dark world a two out of 10 well and it is number 12 out of 12 yeah figures where do you have thor uh thor i i mean i, I have thor at eight eighth out of 12 that is which generous. i think might be might be a little high yeah i don't know what you have below below that in between these two i'm assuming the hulk is in between them hulk and iron man 2 i have between those i was See, not high on iron man 2 iron man 2 is not great i have iron man 2 just above this one one, but at a four out of ten. But I, but Iron Man two 
has Iron Man in it. <laughs> so it that's automatically true. gets like a point. I mean, bump. that is something. Okay. All right. You know what? Let's move on because I don't really have much to say. Anything else about Thor The Dark World? Nope. Okay, great. All right. Captain America Winter Soldier. I have things to say. 2014 okay. movie. I have heard from many people that this is their favorite Avengers movie or like or whatever, MCU movie or one of their one of their favorite, like a top five movie. I'm pretty sure that on post-show recaps, I'm pretty sure Josh and Kevin said that like this movie was, you know, like a, a top five movie and they really like it and stuff. I think that there is some stuff that's cool that they're doing. There are some parts I, I like. I like the Falcon guy. Sam something? Yeah. Right? Yes. I, I think Sam. Falcon. The Falcon. The Falcon. What's going to come up? Um, the, well, the Cap- Falcon, the Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, Anthony Mackie is the actor, but I, is it, I think it's Sam. Sam. Dang it. I just got spoiled by something by looking this up. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. I kind of already knew it. It's okay. What is okay. this guy's name? I can't because well, let me tell you what it's billed as right now is a spoiler. What is what is his name? This yeah, it's Sam. Sam what? Sam Wilson. Wilson. Well, yeah. I think that's a very normal name. I was going to say guess Sam White. So Sam Wilson's pretty close. Okay. I liked him. I liked the Falcon. I liked that bit. I think this was another movie where they put in, they tried to introduce us to a new character who's going to come back later, which is, um, I don't know, the chick from Revenge. What's her name? She's like oh, yeah. the daughter. Uh, Sharon? The... Sharon Carter. Right. How is she related to other Carter? So she's like the granddaughter of the woman that Captain America was like in love with in the first one. Yeah, which I think is clearly setting us up to expect that they will become a thing. But that's also kind of weird. Kind of weird. Yeah. L- little uh, bit. A little bit weird, in my opinion. Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, some of the people considered for that role uh, included Elizabeth Olsen, who ended up playing Wanda. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in consideration for that. Really? Fun casting news. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been kind of weird. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So Sharon Carter, uh, I feel like this was another movie where they kind of they just didn't use her particularly well, didn't give a whole whole lot to her. I like that actress, Um. Uh. something Van Camp. <laughs> Is it Emily Van Camp? No. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think, yeah, it's Emily Van Camp. Yeah. Okay, I can never remember because her character's name is Emily in Revenge. So something Van Camp, you know. And uh, I like her, but I feel like she didn't give me much. There was a lot of stuff in this movie, particularly about S.H.I.E.L.D. that I don't, couldn't really follow. It was like, there's S.H.I.E.L.D. and there's Hydra. And so Hydra has infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D., I think. Now, there's like a voice on a computer from a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was a guy from the first movie. Right. The first Captain America. So is he alive still or was did he like they, upload his consciousness yeah they uploaded his consciousness into a supercomputer uh-huh yeah and a lot of the <laughs> and and now he's like you know he's created an initiative for hydra where they identify threats to hydra and kill those people wow see i completely forgot about that part of the movie the part where they go up in the big ship at the end and it's like falling yeah. out of the sky okay so then there's obviously bucky barnes winter soldier dude yeah who is bucky barnes but with long hair and an attitude who, like fell problem. off the train in the first one right i recall that now who yeah. got him out of the uh, it out was of the it was that guy in the computer the computer guy the computer guy okay cool so the computer guy finds bucky barnes i don't remember why he also hasn't aged M- magic right okay sure so he also has not aged and he is like either i don't know was it serum was it brain programming how did they get him to be all weird yeah i think it was like brainwashing of some sort it, i don't i don't really know the full details so he's all he's all brainwashed 
Like erased his memory. Yep. And so, okay, back to the shield thing. So there's like, sure. a, there's a part where Hydra takes over shield and everybody's like fighting Captain America in an elevator and then he yeah. has to run away. And then uh, like they, they try to kill the, the guy in charge. Shoot. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Nick Fury. You're right. They try to kill Nick Fury. And so he has to like fake his death, but he's not actually dead. So my point is that later on, I think in Age of Ultron, Nick Fury, yeah. along with Robin from How I Met Your Mother and... Uh, Maria Hill. Right, her. And um, their big flying ships. Those are all going to return. So are they now like undercover where the world doesn't know that S.H.I.E.L.D. exists anymore? Or like, is Hydra still in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, I feel like we never really like, completely destroyed yeah, so Hydra. Did we? I've that's This is where this movie lost me. I think we did destroy Hydra. Or like, uh, at the end of the movie, Black Widow has now like leaked all of the documents. Uh, like a lot of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s like internal documents. Okay. Uh, like exposing who is in Hydra. Uh, so I think after this like shield is just kind of like a thing again and now everyone has like everyone trusts them and thinks they hydra's gone and i guess hydra is like effectively wiped out Okay, so here's soon after this. Here's the thing. I want to be clear about something because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm coming across as a little bit of a dum dum, and I just want to explain the fact that I watch these movies with subtitles on. I also tend to read along with like either the Wikipedia page or the Wikia, the summary of what's happening to make sure I'm not missing anything. And I still got confused during this movie. And like, I'm a person whose favorite movies are like Memento and Inception, and I like movies that make you think and are a little complicated. And those movies, I all I understood on my first try. Something about, I I think what I don't like about this movie, because spoiler alert, I didn't like this movie, is that they rely too much upon me knowing things from previous movies without this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is kind of a sequel to to Captain America, but actually there's not a whole lot from Captain America that I needed to remember for this one. I needed to remember things mostly from the Avengers to understand this movie. And I think that that's kind of like a flaw in, I think that what would make, what makes the best Marvel movie is when it's both a good Marvel movie and a good standalone movie. And I did not find this one to be a good standalone movie. I felt like 90% of the movie were chase scenes, either through streets or through elevators or through office buildings or on a ship at the end. It was a lot of Captain America and Black Widow needing to hide from the bad guys and then getting in fights with them and then running away and then trying to fight Bucky Barnes. And it, it just felt like the same thing over and over and over. And the whole time I'm like, wait, who's the good guys? Who's the bad guys? What's happening? And so to me, it just felt like it felt like there wasn't wasn't that much there. Like there just it just didn't seem to be like if you really like high speed chase movies, this was this was good. But I felt like what some of the other ones do better is like plot conversations, fighting, plot, conversations, fighting. And this was just like a little bit of plot, fight, 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 a little bit of plot. It, I don't remember it being particularly funny or anything. <laughs> yeah, I would say this is probably like one of the least funny Marvel movies. And I think it's also one of the most action heavy. But for me, like the action in this movie is just like one of the most well-directed, well-choreographed, well-staged uh, action movies in all the MCU. And I, and I think if you look at it as like just a really good action movie. I, I think that's why a lot of people like it. Also, like, I think a lot of the action is driven by... There, there's all this stuff going on with S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA, but it's a lot of just people with their lives at stake, or 
or with personal things on the line, like Captain America's relationship with Bucky. But I, I just think I think they're you're selling the actionable short as well, because I, I think a lot of the uh, scenes have have like variety in them, like the the opening uh, fight scene on the boat, which is like very like dimly lit and shot from like weird angles. Uh, the the elevator scene is honestly just... I was trying to remember an opening fight scene on a boat. I don't I don't even remember that. So. <laughs> it's where they were like uh, on the cargo ship, you know, whatever. Nope, doesn't ring a bell. But okay, take your word like the it. car chase scene uh, where they're trying to assassinate Nick Fury and they're like trying to bust into his car. I think that was super that. suspenseful. It like makes a hole in the ground, which is doesn't really make much sense. But you know, yeah, I, I just think there's a lot of a lot of like inventive stuff going on. I think I probably need to watch it again to try and look like you're saying at the chore- choreography of the fights and that sort of thing. I think I might like it more. I think what stressed me out about this movie was that I it was like very high stakes the whole time. And so the yeah. whole time I was like, I, I, I felt like I couldn't relax. I felt like I needed a couple moments of reprieve and really you only get a couple of them. The only ones I can really like even think about on the top of my head are there's a scene where Black Widow and Captain America are like walking through a mall pretending to be a couple and I was like, oh look, a couple seconds that we can just kind (laughs) of chat. But it felt like the whole thing really was like very high stakes and so. Yeah, I mean like this has most been compared to being like similar to like an espionage thriller Mm -hmm. uh, more than a superhero movie And and I think that's pretty accurate. It's the most like thriller-like of any of the MCU movies. Yeah, so I think I'll, I'll have to go back and rewatch it and see if my opinion on it changes because I, I, might, I might like it more when I can kind of sit back and, and think about it. I think also this probably suffered because of how long it was taking me to get through these movies. I think if I had seen mm. this only a couple weeks after watching Avengers, I probably would have gathered more. Yeah, like this was excellent on like, especially like my first binge through like the whole series where I was watching all the movies from like phase one to phase two in like a month. Like that was, that was like a a great way to experience the movie because it was all fresh in my mind but i can imagine like if you're like wait who's shield like what's what's hydra again uh it, it, you wouldn't really be able to just like sit back and like enjoy that stuff without having to f- think and figure out what's actually going on now that being said i have this movie currently at seven out of twelve it's right in the middle and i have given it a five out of ten and i recall giving it a five out of ten because i didn't think that it was a bad movie i just didn't particularly enjoy it and i didn't it didn't bump up to something that i really liked where if you recall, I put Iron Man 3, which is one of my favorites, at a 6 out of 10. So it's yeah. <laughs> just below Iron Man 3, according to this messed up ranking system that I've got going on right now. Now, very tight. I, I will say, including, well, I have two movies right now tied, not exactly tied, because I'm, I'm still ranking them even if I give them the same score. So I have another movie in this phase that's also a 5 out of 10 that I have above this one. And then I have another movie that's a 5.5. So very close I don't really know what I'm doing here but okay Uh, where did you put Captain America Winter Soldier I've Captain America Winter Soldier as my number one Uh, this is just the movie you're one of those people yep I'm one of those people yep I'm one of them I I give it an 8 out of 10 it's tied for my like highest rated movie in the MCU just overall I'd say across the whole MCU it's my number one okay it's here's the thing I think if I watch it again I could bump it up I do not think it's ever being my number one I just don't think it's that's that's okay I don't think it's what I want for a movie like like, you know, I talk about Captain America, the first one. I really liked how specific 
and genre that felt. I, I really mm-hmm. liked how the first Captain America movie was so standalone. I think anybody who even doesn't like Marvel movies could watch Iron Man, could watch Captain America, yeah. these individual ones, and enjoy them separately. Thor, not as much. I mean, yes, you could understand the movie, but it's, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Ah. And it's tough to make like a movie that's part of a franchise that's also very accessible, but also is going to be like satisfying to the fans who feel like you want them to feel rewarded, you know, for like watching along. And as we get into phase three, there's going to be like more and more of these movies that like they're impossible to make sense of if you haven't seen a Marvel movie before. Ah, yes. The old Harry Potter six conundrum. (laughs) Yeah. Which is a movie that makes absolutely no sense if you've seen none of the other Harry Potter movies. Okay. All right. Sorry, I'm totally interrupting for this dumb uh, observation, but I think like the the shield council of like holograms. So stupid. Why are they all holograms? Because they watched the Star Wars prequels. I don't know. <laughs> it, it really felt like that. It okay, did. That's all I had to say. No, that, that scene, I remember thinking this is like the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> yeah. Which I love, but I understand the flaws. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy 2014. Oh boy. I feel like I'm just going to insult people with, with my whole podcast this time around. People love this one. Mary. I had really high hopes for this movie. This movie is the reason I started this project. I think I mentioned that before. But basically, I could not understand as a sophomore in college, I was I was riding the bus to the movie theater near my, because you had to ride a bus because there was no movie sure. theater near my <laughs> near my college out in the middle of nowhere. Rode the bus and it was on Halloween and we went and me and my friends watched. I No, I think I'm combining two memories. It doesn't matter. I was on the bus at one point having seen a movie <laughs> at the movie theater with my friends. And when we were riding back, we were asking some other people on the bus what movie they had seen and they were all talking about how they had seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I had to look at the title again. What was it called? (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, I was like, huh. Because I remember having seen commercials for Guardians of the Galaxy. And my thought was, oh, I thought this was like a kid's movie. Like for little kids. Because all I remember from the commercials was like Groot and Rocket. And I thought like, oh, like a talking tree thing and a talking raccoon. This looks like a kid's movie. I, I, The colors, when you just look at the poster, it's very like green and purple. And it just seemed it seemed young to me it seemed like I didn't I think I I didn't quite have a grasp on like the whole MCU thing like I knew that Iron Man was a thing but I still didn't really like get that they were like making like that these all went together I actually didn't realize for a very long time that Guardians of the Galaxy was a Marvel movie because it didn't include any of the other people that I had heard of so hearing that everybody on this bus all these college kids really liked this movie I was like okay is it like you like it in the same way where like I watched you know uh, I can't think of a movie I was gonna say like Ender's Game, but I didn't like the <laughs> Ender's, movie, Ender's game. game. I was trying to think of like, is it is it something you liked because you like knew about it as a kid and then now you're an adult and it took him a long time to make the movie or what? But no, they seem to genuinely like it. And then I've also a couple years later, remember hearing about when some of the new Star Wars movies came out, a complaint I heard a lot of times was that the, the humor was too similar to Guardians of the Galaxy and it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie anymore. Which I think is like kind of like an insult to Star Wars, but not necessarily an insult to Guardians of the Galaxy. Like people like that humor in Guardians of the Galaxy, but just didn't want it in their Star Wars or something. So this is not a Star Wars podcast. That's a whole separate thing. So that being said, my thought was I need to watch these Marvel movies so I can understand why on earth people like Guardians of the Galaxy when I still thought that it was a kid's movie and I didn't get it. And my opinion on it, while definitely thinking that it was not a kid's movie, was like, I still don't get why people love this movie. I think it's fine. I think it's like, okay, but that's about as much as I could give it. So tell me why people love it. Mary, I agree with you. I think it's... Oh, shoot. Great. I Look think at it's this. okay. 
Yeah. And we're going to make so many people mad. I Here's why I think people like it. I think people were like, oh, this is so much fun. You got all the, uh, like the, I think the, the soundtrack was like a big thing for a lot of people. Soundtrack is like well utilized. I'll, I'll give people that. I guess people liked Chris Pratt when this movie came out. I feel like uh, the public opinion on Chris Pratt has like really fallen a lot. And I feel like if you watch Chris Pratt, like through the lens of 2021, it's like, go away, Chris Pratt. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I think that the soundtrack was good. I think while it was utilized, it was also like very heavy handed, like they built it into the thing by like he has like a mixtape or whatever. The biggest thing I remember the conversation being at the time was like, oh my God, like Marvel's so huge now. They can just do like anything they want. Look, they just made a movie about like a talking raccoon and a talking tree. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, I okay. think a lot of it was just like kind of like riding the high of like Marvel is getting like so successful they can do anything. They made like this weird, uh, very like strange concept movie, which like I guess it's not like that out there uh, going back to it now. But at the time, people were no one ever thought a movie like this would get made. I worked at Target at the time and I mostly remember just like all the merch that was made from the movie and it felt like a movie made to make merch, like sure. toys, kids' toys, well, which again, why I thought yeah. it was a kids' movie because it's yeah. right there next to the Ninja Turtles. So I'm looking through my notes to remember exactly why I was so meh on it. I think I think it I think it starts pretty strong. I think like when you're getting all the introductions to the characters, uh, like Star Lord hunting for Rock thing and Rocket and Groot on like the planet with like all the people, very descriptive. Uh, Gamora with her blue and green people, uh, with Ronan the Accuser and whatnot, and like they all get into their fight where they meet up, and then they go to jail. I think like the jail sequence is like the highlight of the movie where they're like all in prison together and like they break out like. That's like a really great half hour of the movie. And then I think after that, the movie just kind of like, there's not that much more uh, things that I enjoy about the movie once you get past that point. There was a lot at the end that I found very kind of boring. There's like a part where they're battling on a ship and you got the the sisters battling each other. I've seen this movie three times. Every time that uh, Drax like takes on Ronan the Accuser's army, I just like totally zone out until the point where like Star-Lord's floating in space and he's giving Gamora his mask. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm watching a movie. Like it's, it's just like compared to the action in the the Winter Soldier with it, which I think was always just like so dynamic, there was always like something on the line. I never felt like anything was really at stake during this action. It was just kind of like pew pew pew, and then I will say that move to the next scene. It, maybe this is a hot take. Oh, okay, technically Groot kind of dies, but like he's still alive. Just now he's baby Groot because he's like a phoenix or whatever. There were no stakes, and nobody really died or got hurt. That I, like none of the mains. I think this was a movie that I just wrote down in my cons list. Too many new characters. I get that they wanted to do a whole separate thing. I think if they made this movie instead of, I don't know if this makes it better or worse, but like instead of it being Guardians of the Galaxy, if they picked any one of these characters and made mm. them more of a main character. Like, yes, obviously, uh, Star Lord. Star Lord. I'm like, don't even remember his name. Um, yeah. Star, like, he's like the protagonist. Like, he's the protagonist I, I and he's the main of a group. It's not exactly an ensemble cast because he is the main character, but he's only like 30%, whereas everyone else is like 18 or something. Yeah. You know, I, I think the whole beginning with his backstory and then the very end where it's like something about your father or whatever didn't really care because 
that's the kind of thing that I would care more about if he was the main character. And I felt like I wasn't really invested in his story. I'm like, he's supposed to be kind of like this charming rogue, almost like Han Solo-y kind of type or, you know, pick your, I don't know, Jack Sparrow, whatever. He's sort of this like, not necessarily a good guy, but not really a bad guy. Like he's the protagonist, but he's not like a good guy. I felt like we kind of, my other thing is uh, the, the, the main speaking characters here. So I think Gamora, Rocket, and Star-Lord are yeah. the exact same character. All three of them sound the same. Their jokes are all snarky. They're all kind of sassy and like they have the, the exact same tone to them. Drax has a slightly different personality, which is why Drax yeah. is my number one character. And he's like one of the only things I have in the pro music. I have music, Drax. That was a very fave. Oh, a quote by Drax. And then mm. the dance off. That's what I have in my prose column. Because mm. that dance off scene at the yeah. end is funny. Dance off is funny. It's it is. funny. It's a funny moment. And I think it's clearly what people are talking about when they're like, oh, MCU, looking at them doing funny uh. things with their funny movies. But like the rest of them, like, what? what is what is happening? Yeah. I mean, like Rocket, Rocket just kind of feels like a more cartoonish version of Tony Stark. But he's a raccoon. It, 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 it's gotten to the point around this time in the franchise, a lot of people were complaining about how every MCU character is just like this like quippy wise ass, right? Uh, and I think that's very apparent with both Star-Lord and, and Rocket. Like Gamora and Black Widow are very yeah. similar. They are both very similar. And like, you can really draw parallels to like all these characters in the Avengers. Like Groot is very similar to the Hulk. Um, Drax is very similar to Thor. Uh, there's no like Captain America analog, I wouldn't say. No, because Captain uh, but... America is a good guy and none of these people are like good yeah. guys. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or at least Captain America is a good guy up until <coughs> Civil War. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that. In like a year, probably, with the rate probably. that we're going. So anyway, I, I'm not going to like hate on this movie too, too much because I think this is the number one movie that I've seen so far where if I watched it again, I would probably like it better if I turned off my brain and just enjoyed myself. And, and when I, again, when I mean turn off my brain, I'm not saying that you have to be like a lowbrow person to like this movie. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I need to turn off my like critical analyzation of the movie. And if I just kind of enjoyed it, which I sometimes do, because that's what I do with Twilight, honestly. I have to turn off the part that goes red flag, red flag, red flag. This is a, this is a bad book and there's horrible relationship stuff happening, but I just enjoy it. And so I just need to be able to do that with this movie. Sure. I think uh, touching on something you said earlier, though, about like splitting this up into films, like introducing each of the characters. I think the main problem is like none of these characters really have enough depth to warrant like a full movie being about them, especially like Chris Pratt uh, as Star-Lord. He can he could barely lead this movie. I don't think he could lead a whole Star-Lord movie. That would be terrible. I think there could maybe be like a Gamora movie. The rest, though, they're all like comedic side characters, which, which is tough because then you can't really get invested in them because you'd barely know them but you also can't make a whole movie about them it doesn't help the fact that like i saw this movie only a couple months ago and i could tell you almost nothing about the plot it felt like it was a we need to keep going from one place to another to try and do these like last ditch effort hail mary things in order to get us out of question mark some situation that i honestly don't remember they're like they're in trouble and they're trying to prove that they're innocent or buy their way out of something or gain a lot of money i don't remember yeah i think most of it is like they have this magical stone and they're trying to get to this guy who they're supposed to sell it to. Now, is this one of the, like the stones? It is. Oh, 
See? Yeah. And like going back and watching the movies like now and like seeing all the Infinity Stone stuff, it, it is a lot more like, oh, that's where that, that came from. Now, is this the movie where, okay, there was like a dude who was like the collector. Is that this yeah. movie? Okay. That was this movie. Didn't we already see him in like the tag of one of the other movies? Yeah, he was in he was in the post credits scene of like Thor the Dark World. Okay. Yep. Do, I, yep. So we had multiple of these th- stone thingies at one point and then his whole place blew up. So like, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I'm having a hard time kind of following like what's happening to these stones like where they are now yeah so there was the one i think it was like the mind stone the one that loki had no. in avengers yeah in his scepter right yeah that one that? that one i think ended up being put in vision right i don't know when so it's gonna get back to vision at some point yeah i don't remember uh, how that happened because it was like used to like create ultron right and, and then it was used to like envision so that's that's gonna come back later unclear how it got from thor slash loki to them i think like the shield just like confiscated it when they okay. when they uh, defeated sense. Loki. Sure. Yeah. So what stone were we dealing with in this movie? This was the purple one. Let me see. Wait, which one? It, it's it's confusing because like later on they end up having like official like what each stone does, but in it's like not it's not referred to as like that when you first um when you first like are introduced to the stone. Okay, wait. So the this is the listeners are gonna be so excited during the segment of this podcast where I just ask questions. About what happened. Uh, it's the, the power stone. <laughs> okay. Uh, is this one. And what happens uh, to it by the end of the movie? Who has it? The end of the movie, uh, they gave it to that, uh, the Nova Corps with uh, with Glenn Close and John C. Riley. Right. John C. Riley. Do recall him being in it? Yeah. And then he had a they family held on at the to end it. and it was cute. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Guardians of the Galaxy, I gave it a 3.5 out of 10. It is in, uh, let's see, ninth out of 12th place for me. So, yep. Um, I have it just That's above fair. Thor: The Dark World under Iron Man wow. Two. Wow! Wow! See, I I looked at the what the like consensus ranking of these is based on like online ratings. Most of them like pretty much line up closely with what I've rated them. But Guardians of the Galaxy is the number one ranked of of the Phase One and Phase Two movies on average. Where uh, do you have it? I have it at number six. Okay. So it's like middle, it's middle of the pack for me. I think it's okay. You know? Yeah, it's lower for me. I, I think I might like it more on a rewatch, but it, it's hard because I also said that I might like Captain America Winter Soldier more on a rewatch, but I don't, I don't know. I really like the ones I have above this. <laughs> so I'm yeah. not sure. Again, I'm higher on Iron Man 2 than almost anybody else is going to be. Almost everybody's yeah. going to have that down at the bottom, but I will more happily rewatch Iron Man 2 than I will either of the Thors, the Incredible Hulk, or probably Guardians of the Galaxy. And so that's where I have it on my list. It's above. Do you want to hear about some some people who are almost cast in this movie? Sure. So uh, this one has like the most like alternate casting choices. So alternate people who like tested for uh, like screen tested for Star Lord include Eddie Redmayne, Jensen Ackles from Supernatural. Uh, you got James Marsden, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Aaron Paul, which is wild, and John Krasinski. <laughs> I knew John Krasinski had. I remember hearing mm-hmm. that. Wasn't uh, wasn't Emily Blunt also? T- gonna be somebody else in um not guardians of the galaxy but in the M- wider mcu i think so but i don't remember off the top of my head i don't remember who either i don't remember if it yeah. was um black widow or somebody else probably not black widow i don't remember yeah maybe she it was might, captain marvel might maybe? Have been captain marvel that was the yeah. only other one i was thinking i think out of those people you listed i think oddly enough eddie redmayne might have been okay um yeah i think eddie redmayne 
I think he was too big at this time yeah, to be also, to be Star Lord. Something that um, if you watch my one and only video that's on my Frail Mary account, I think there might be two now on that account. If you check out that YouTube account, about, uh, if you watch my um, a Fantastic Beast Crimes of Grindelwald, yeah, my Crimes of Grindelwald movie or video, I I do mention that Eddie Redmayne tends to mumble, which might have come across yeah. a little bit difficult in this movie. Uh, it, it's harder to make like really snappy, quick jokes. Um, I I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, he's a he's a great actor. So he probably could play like kind of cocky leading man. He probably could do that, but he usually plays more like awkward, nerdy kind of leading man. I mean, that's not really what he played in Les Mis, but like, eh, it's a musical. Mm. It's different. So yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to see. I know. Isn't he in some like weird uh, cult like kind of sci-fi movie? I feel like I've seen uh, Jupiter Ascending. I've seen clips of him, and, and yeah, I don't really, he's I don't know what his he's role terrible is in, in Jupiter Ascending, okay. so, but it, in like the best way. Yeah, I've seen clips great. that I think are kind of funny. So that's kind of where I'm going. Like look wise where I feel like he would yeah. kind of match this. Yeah. I, I think James Marsden could have done well in this. Yeah. Yeah. James Marsden deserves a superhero movie. I love James Marsden so much. I mean, yeah. he, isn't he, he? He's a Superman and X-Men, right? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was Cyclops. Yeah. He's like a superhero. Duh. Not that I've ever seen that, but I've, I've considered watching it just for the James Marsden effect. He's under underused in that. Yeah. He's underused in so many things. Poor James yeah. Marsden. Uh, he's the guy who I always refer to as like the guy who never gets the girl. He's always like the second guy, except for yeah. in 27 Dresses, where he finally gets spoilers, yeah. gets the girl. And Sonic the Hedgehog. Does he get the girl in Sonic the Hedgehog? Well, he already, he, he keeps the girl, He keeps I the suppose. girl? Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've thought about Spoilers maybe watching Spoilers for Sonic that. the Hedgehog. Yeah, I thought about maybe watching that movie at some point. I don't know. It's Come not on. good, yeah, but... Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think so, but uh, whatever. Oh, also for Rocket Raccoon, uh, I like a lot of the other choices that were considered to voice him. It included Adam Sandler, uh, Jim Carrey, and John Benjamin from uh, Bob's Burgers. And they went with uh, Bradley Cooper, right? But then with Bradley Cooper, yeah. Now, I knew that watching the movie, and yet even when watching it, like I couldn't tell it was Bla- Bradley Cooper. I was forget it's Bradley Cooper because it doesn't sound like him. Yeah, it doesn't sound like him at all. So interesting. And I guess he's like, he's doing like a voice for it. Yeah, I mean that's hey that's great. Yeah. So you know I mean it's it's fine. Like I think Chris Pratt is fine in this role. Um, I think he's bad. I think that Chris Pratt is not a good role for Star Lord. He's like one of the main reasons I don't like this movie. Honestly, really. Yeah, like even at the time I thought he's like so just like he's such like a dork and huh. that's that's not how I would describe him in this. But I it's interesting you say that because like all the other people you listed I think would make very different star lords than him which maybe yeah. maybe is what you want i'm i was trying to like fit them into the the role that he as he portrayed it and i'm like oh, it's hard to see someone do that same thing kind of yeah i think uh like john krasinski would have been a very different star lord much more serious yeah much I'd more imagine. serious because i'm picturing him playing it in the same way that he does like jack ryan jack yeah. ryan yes yeah J- jack ryan i couldn't remember his name uh yeah okay never seen it all right well that's but... all i have to say on guardians galaxy maybe i'll give it a rewatch at some point i know people like it so sorry if i offended anyone okay age of ultron yeah so this is a movie that has the reverse effect for me that most of these other ones do which are the ones that people like i know that people don't like this movie but here's the thing it has iron man in it so it's automatically gonna get that bump for me i'm sorry look i did not say that i wasn't biased now where it does actually get a little bit interesting is that iron man problem child in this movie oh yeah big time big big problem child this movie also makes me sad in the same way that the end of iron man 3 does when he takes the stuff out of his heart because guess what guess who i'm gonna miss jarvis love jarvis and now even though we still get paul bettany who i love it's just not the same when he's like a, yeah. a walking talking still got thing. the voice yeah but, but yeah. i liked him being like you don't like hear a it in butler. a suit yeah 
instead of like a i mean he wasn't really a butler i don't really he was just the voice of a computer i don't know why he sounds like a butler <laughs> yeah jarvis just sounds like a computer butler friday doesn't ring the same anyway yeah i don't like friday yeah i love it so um all right we spent a long time talking about gardens of galaxy so age of ultron yeah. all right what do i have under pros i like that everybody's hanging out together that's kind of fun like I, i'm never going to not like the dynamics between your tony stark and thor and captain america and the hulk and stuff yeah yeah that stuff is great now what is your thoughts on the love connection between the hulk and black widow seems very sudden right yeah it felt a little bit forced like i think most people who go and watch the avengers the first one are like oh so hawkeye and and black widow have a thing yeah but they don't and we're gonna especially nail that point down even more in this movie with the fact that hawkeye has a family so yeah yeah, the, the Natasha Bruce stuff has always felt like a bit of an afterthought to me. And I, I've never really felt like they have chemistry. I always like, I always just forget that it's even a thing, like until I see another movie where that's like an element of the plot. Yeah. Now, who does the voice of Ultron? That is James Spader, James right? James Spader, yeah. Who is from most famous for what? The Blacklist? That's not what I know him from. What do I know him from? What's his known for? Known for four on IMDb. Known uh, for... Gotta be the Blacklist. Yeah, Blacklist, Boston Legal, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and Avengers Age of Ultron. That's right. what he's known oh, for. no, this is what I know him from. Robert California from The Office. Okay. No. <laughs> that's that's what it is. He, I thought, was really funny. I really liked the, the character of Ultron. I thought it was actually, like, one of, one of the funnier parts, even though he, like, is bad guy. But, you know, you, that's bad, a, you bad guys can be funny. That's a hard disagree for me. You didn't think he was I, funny? I think that uh, James Spader, like, does a good job in the role, but I think the way Ultron is written, he's just, like, another, like, wisecracky, quippy, which I guess makes sense, because it's like he's taking Tony Stark's personality, but also, why do we need another person right. with so, Tony Stark's personality? That actually is in my cons list again, which is Mm -hmm. I I wrote pros that I thought Ultron was funny, but then I wrote cons. Why is Ultron funny? Because (laughs) I don't, I think that if he's like a robot with the Mind Stone, he should, he should be robotic. And I, 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 he, he, yeah, it's, um, it's weird that he seems to have human, like evil human Lex Luthor kind of ambitions. That doesn't really fit. And like, he has like the concept of irony, like he's, when he's singing, like the song from Pinocchio early on I I was just like this is so dumb why is this evil AI just like singing a song from a a children's movie to himself like it's it's solely just like for the audience yes to to see like oh he's singing like this nice song but it's in like an ominous way it it serves like no purpose other than for the audience to uh, hear it and you know have a response now here's who I liked Wanda and her brother. Yeah. Whose name I don't remember. Aaron Taylor Johnson. What, yeah, was, Pietro. Sure. What's his Piet- superhero uh, name? Uh, Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Liked yeah. him. S- total total side note. Did you know that Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, was working on a movie where he was playing John Lennon in 2009? The director of that movie was this 42-year-old woman. Uh, he was 18. They started dating. They got married three years after that. And they're still married. A little creepy. Yeah, it's a little creepy. A little like she was in a big position of power over him. And also, how much older? 24 years older? Over double his age at the time. Um, you want to know something funny? Uh huh. She is the director of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes, yes. I was going to mention that Which too. Which has a plot point of a forty-something woman having a relationship with a teenager. So it all comes together. 
I see the appeal. Now, looking at Aaron Taylor Johnson, I'm like, sign me up. But sure. Uh, sure. Now, that's good for yeah, her, that's I a, guess. That's a, you know what? Hmm, you learn so much. Interesting. You do. I thought he was good in this, though. I thought he was good in this. I felt like we did not get quite enough of their backstory. Would have either liked a movie to their own or at the very least more than a two minute intro to who they were. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's sprinkled throughout a little bit and that it, maybe it would be like I could have done with like a flashback or two more at the beginning or yeah. something. I don't really I didn't really buy them as siblings for whatever reason. Like they didn't. I It actually took me a while to realize that they were supposed to be siblings. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure what it was. Maybe it's the fact that they looked nothing alike. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they're like twins, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I think while Wanda is interesting, I don't quite understand the extent of her powers. Uh, now, this m- may also be the fact that I've seen Captain America Civil War. But they're very vague. She seems to be sure. way OP. And she seems to have just kind of like, oh, I can do a variety of things with my mind. That could be anything from like, you know, make people have hallucinations to like set out sound waves to just like make things explode. Like it's like, yep. what do you mind, cr- mind control or like telekinesis? Telekinesis. Or, like, Fireballs. Right. Whereas Quicksilver over here is like, I'm just the Flash. Yeah, he's the Flash. Yeah, so kind of, kind of lame. I think unlike almost everybody else, also I, I, so they got their powers from an experiment having to do with the mind. How did they get their powers? So I think that was it. Hydra was like experimenting on people. Yeah, I think Hydra's like still around, experimenting on on people from like Sokovia. Uh huh. And and that's how they got their powers. Yeah. Okay. So you know that. That's the thing. And I think it was a uh, part of it, it was an Infinity Stone for sure that gave that gave Wanda her powers. So now obviously there's lots of stuff that happens in this movie. There's lots of stuff that's in this movie that's going to then come back and be important for later movies. Or so I've heard. I, I have. I've seen Civil War. Okay. But I think that this movie is kind of frustrating throughout. Um, I think there's moments that mm-hmm. I really like. I like the people all being together. I like watching them do their little fight and stuff. I think that Ultron as the, the bad is like it escalates very, very quickly. Yeah, so Tony Stark, like, introduces the idea of Ultron as, like, this his idea for this, like, planet-protecting AI. Two minutes later, he, like, realizes he can make Ultron a thing now. And then, like, one minute after that, he's now an evil mastermind and he kills Jarvis. It all takes place within, like, three minutes. Like, yeah. knowing who Ultron even, like, that this is, like, a, a long-time plan of Tony Stark's. And this is clearly a, pl- a long-term plan that he has talked about with Bruce Banner. But, yeah. But we just are hearing that we're being told that we never actually heard about this in any other thing i mean this does fit with tony stark's identity of being um like sort of his ptsd kind of uh feeling like he needs to save the world and those he cares about and his 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 need to be in control this is all that all checks out but i think the rashness is definitely like a little out of character there this movie also suffers from something that i mentioned a couple times which is first off coming directly after Guardians of the Galaxy. Zero mention of Guardians of the Galaxy. Not in this movie and not in Ant-Man. It felt like Guardians of the Galaxy completely does not fit in with the MCU at all. I know they're going to come back later, but like up until this point, it doesn't fit. I think that we have this issue of movies, uh, like you look at Iron Man, um, let's say Iron Man 3 because that's in this phase. In Iron Man 3, he's got situations happening 
and it makes me wonder, hey, why don't you just call up the Avengers? Like, there seems to be a very fine line between, like, problems that these individuals deem are big enough where they need the whole squad versus problems where they're like, no, it's my problem. I'll solve it by myself. And it seems completely dependent on just which movie we're in. That's going to start to change a little as we move away from the individual movies and go to more just, like, quote-unquote Captain America Civil War that's really just an Avengers movie. Yeah. So I think that that's going to be one thing. But also just the fact that, like, we start to blur this line of, so are these guys just, like, all together all the time now? Are they always doing Avengery things or not? Like, we have a whole freaking city that's being lifted and gonna drop, and that takes everybody. But, like, we've had very similar scale issues that have happened in some of the other movies that didn't take everybody to fix. So they're definitely playing a little fast and loose with, like, what people's abilities are. Sometimes, you know... Iron Man can like fly in instantly and sometimes it's like, hey, you totally could have run over and grabbed them, but you didn't save them for whatever reason. So it just seems like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It it is pretty confusing. Like when do the Avengers get called? Like you'd think in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, like when S.H.I.E.L.D. has been totally compromised, that that would be a good time to call the Avengers. Uh, But I guess they call them after the fact and then they're just going around destroying Hydra bases. I guess. Yeah. What did you think about Ultron's whole motivation where he thinks like the way the only way to save humanity is like to destroy humanity? Because I feel like that's a very overdone motivation. I think a glorified supercomputer, given the personality of Tony Stark that was created a couple minutes ago, should not have been able to jump to that conclusion so fast. <laughs> Unless it was just like you've only gotten like people's really like he's he's basically a depressed robot yeah. when it comes down to it. And I feel like it was a really quick jump to make to do this like well, I don't really know what his outcome is yeah he's a he's a flimsy villain like this is one of the movies that I think when I was watching it the reason I rated it as high as I did was because I was kind of giving up and like I don't care let's just watch it and enjoy it you know yeah. um so I was kind of already doing that yeah I don't know I'm like even even thinking about I think this is one of the movies that I would probably on a rewatch rate lower than I did which is rare so I have this one at currently fifth overall with a 5.5 out of 10 which I think is very high that's very high and i don't remember why i rated it that high at all i gave it a four out of ten i have it ninth overall um i this is one of the ones i have below thor as well yeah i think this is one that i definitely would move down like three or four spot slots just looking at it right now because yeah i think it's worse than i I think it's worse than iron man 2 yeah i think it is probably slightly more entertaining for me than guardians of the galaxy so i definitely take that note with a grain of salt right there that rating because there's there's other movies like I will tell you right now because we're about to talk about it. I have this one rated higher than Ant-Man and I don't think it is higher than Ant-Man. I think I I feel like I want to change that, Um, which I can't do yet, but I will later. Speaking of which, yeah, Ant-Man. Anything else on Age of Ultron? No, not really. I I will just say, though, like at the time, people were like really criticizing how much this movie like tries to set up. Like it does so much with like the the whole guy with like the vibranium. Uh, That's like a whole side plot with uh, with Claw, I think is his name. Ulysses Claw. Do you remember that at all? I wrote down the word vibranium. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy like that Ultron stole all the metal from. That's like setting up Black Panther. You've got like all the other stuff with setting up different other Infinity Stones that are out there. It's just like a really jam-packed movie. Uh, and, and a lot of it like feels like it, it doesn't matter at the time, but then it ends up like really mattering later on in the in the franchise. 
So it is like interesting to go back to and like see the seeds of a lot of these things. And I think that that's also a flaw, which is it's not a great movie, but it's almost it's it's crucial to watch in order to understand some of the other movies. Yeah. So yeah, for sure, which is is a downside. If your franchise requires you to watch a not great movie in order to understand a good movie, that's frustrating. Yeah. And like there's barely any payoff in this movie. It's all just like set up. Right. Something else that I think is not great about this movie is they introduced two new characters and one of them died by the end. Yeah. It's lazy to say, no, guys, there were stakes. Didn't you see we we killed off a main character when you yeah. just introduced them in this movie? I'm not yeah. saying you need to Ned Stark every single movie, right? But there needs to be realistic stakes and the stakes cannot just be random civilians dying or this. Like, again, not to mention Civil War. In Civil War, there's Yeah, we'll a f- get there. Right. I had that problem there, too. I, I had that problem there for kind of different reasons. But I will say there are things that you could have done um, without killing someone necessarily that could have made this movie have bigger stakes you could have and and i'm glad that they did not also take the easy way out of because i think the 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 red herring here is that you assume that hawkeye is going to die you assume you've met his family and that he's going to die and it's going to be sad i'm glad they didn't oh, yeah. do that because that would have felt extremely lazy and obvious i like the stuff with hawkeye's family by yeah, the way me too i'm glad that hawkeye's family's safe i'm glad that he's yeah. safe I think what you could have done, though, is, I don't know, severely maim somebody else or something. Like, we're going to get some fallout, obviously, from this movie that's going to move on. Like, that that's more sort of emotional or moral fallout. But Yeah, ethical. Yeah, I, I think it's also a little bit the fact that I feel like Wanda does not react as, I mean, in the moment when her brother dies, she reacts feel like she should have reacted more for the last several minutes of the movie. But what are you going to do? Just I see that. end on a downer? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Ant-Man. Ants. So this is a movie that I, I rated and I did my rating on Instagram and I almost immediately regretted it and I think I think I should have rated it higher. I actually really loved Ant-Man. I don't know how much of a hot take that is. I thought having, I don't remember his name. Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd. (laughs) Having Paul Rudd as the lead in this movie, while he totally is kind of just a a snarky funny man like almost all the other characters, he has at least a a different motivation than everyone else does. He's much more of a loser also. Yes, which I like. I think that gives him more character. I think Paul Rudd could have probably played Star-Lord and made that a more interesting character. Paul Rudd would have been a great Star-Lord. He would have been. Now, like Star-Lord is kind of like should be that like loser character, but then they try to play him as like, you know, like a dashing rogue. Uh, Sorry, just getting back to bashing Chris Pratt. Go on. Now, Paul Rudd's uh, ex-wife. Oh, uh, Kitty from Arrested Development. Sure. Uh, or I don't know. The, the best friend from 27 Dresses. Judy Greer. Judy Greer. Yeah. Judy, Judy Greer. Greer. Criminally underutilized in this movie. She's hilarious and she yeah. just had to play like boring mom. Yeah. Could have had more from the her. The first time I watched this, I didn't even realize it was her. Okay. I only realized on this rewatch. What does Mary like about this movie? My favorite genre movies are heist movies. And this is a heist movie. So I loved it. It is. Had fun time. There's a lot of critiques I have during this movies. I think that the movie was extremely predictable. It was probably the most predictable of any of these movies that I've seen so far. Literally predicted the entire movie in about 10 seconds. It is really predictable. I think that there's unnecessary death of little lambs. True. Wrote that down. to. Oh, yes. Yes, there was. There was unnecessary death of little lambs and they tried to shrink the lamb. I agree. I thought that Paul Rudd does come across a little bit like Iron Man, but with slightly less personality. But that's what I wrote at the time. Later on, I thought back on this and I was like, no, he's like loser Iron Man. Yeah. He's not like smart either. No, he's, you know? he's he's basically the reason that he gets 
the gig is because Hank Pym is like, you're a man with nothing to lose and you've got a situation and so you're going to be okay yeah. kind of doing some behind the, you know, I was going to say behind the paywall. What am I trying to say? Yeah. Like, behind the, <laughs> like behind the screen? Behind, like some shady deals kind of because yeah. you need to. Under the table? Yeah, under the table. Sure. I thought the family drama aspect of this with like the divorce situation was kind of boring, but I have since seen a YouTube video on uh, cinema therapy. I don't know if you watch cinema therapy at all. It's great. It's a it's a filmmaker and a therapist, um, like a family therapist who, who break down movies and talk about um, sometimes they diagnose characters with things. Sometimes they just sort of break stuff down. For example, they would watch like uh, The Greatest Showman and talk about infidelity or something like that. And in this movie, they talked about how Ant-Man is a great movie for showing like co-parenting. And I thought that was really funny. Sure. So, so great. Now, the mechanics. Uh-huh. I get it. He can shrink. Great. The suit somehow, because of molecules or something, he can shrink. Why, how can he just talk to ants now? Uh, yeah. So they uh, see what they do is like they uh, connect their brain waves to like the brain waves of the ants and they like trigger the magnetic frequencies in their. Sure. So they their, can communicate with things. ants. How come all the ants are just 100% chill with doing their bidding then? Is it because ants be stupid? Because I'm it, pretty it, they, sure they, that's they, all we they, got. They connect the brain nerves to uh-huh. the magnetic okay, uh, frequencies. I have a personal fear of certain creepy visuals. For example, I was just playing It Takes Two and there's a part where you go inside a kaleidoscope. Didn't like it. This movie, I love that part. Nope, don't like it. This movie does the exact same thing with the super shrink. Really don't like the super shrink. Didn't yeah. like that scene. The guy who got shrunk in the bathroom. Oh, that, was... that too. But I'm talking about like at the end of this movie when he's like, I need to... Oh, when he's like going like continue deep, to shrink and he like, like shrink, shrink, shrinks, which that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Now the whole sure. mechanics of that situation also don't make any sense, and we're not going to get into it. No, it. This is like this movie makes like the least sense of any Marvel movie, yeah. including the ones that are like space. It, it really made no sense. The, the the giant ant, the ant that turns giant in the end, and the yeah. girl has like a dog. That's creepy. Don't like that. I don't <laughs> like things that are un- un- unnatural sizes. That was creepy. You know, it was also creepy when they made the toy train get really big really creepy why couldn't they just turn the ant small at the end D- for didn't like it. comedy no nope that's just creepy what what's creepier a normal sized ant or a, a big ant the big ant big ant is really? so creepy. see I, I think the big ant is like kind of endearing no it's i mean it's an it's i'm i'm happy that it acts like a dog and it's like a well-behaved ant but it is so yeah. creepy okay if you can brain control it then i guess it's i'm cool with it i think that it is a has a hilarious end fight scene anytime they did yeah. that thing where they're showing us the fight scene and then they zoom out they to what away. it looks like as a real human is yeah. comedy gold. Hilarious yeah, filmmaking. Stuff. It's like, oh, this train is coming at me. It's giant. And then you just watch it and it's like a train just like falls over. Hilarious. Really yeah. funny. Love that. And that's not a hot take. I know that that's like common knowledge, but it's great. Yeah. I like that this movie introduced a whole bunch of new characters, but it was a small enough cast where I feel like we really got to know everyone. I think that the bad guy was extremely predictable and uh, within one second of him walking onto the stage, you're like, hey, that's going to be the bad guy. That's the bad guy. Because yeah. he's bald and wearing a suit. And I don't know, I've been rewatching Smallville and you just know that that's going to happen. I, I think that uh, Scott Lang's friends are all really annoying, though. Um, I think that they are very, very transparent comedy relief. Yeah, yeah. And they were all like very one note. Yes, they were all extremely one note. I, I'm glad that they got a role in the heist because I actually thought that they were basically going to do nothing except talk about waffles at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I forgot before this rewatch that they had as much of a role in the heist stuff as they did. I thought they just kind of like showed up 
at the beginning and that was it. Yeah, one of them dropped the ants and then the other guy knocked somebody out, I think. I don't I don't really remember. Yeah, Michael Pena punched someone. Yeah, but I do think that this movie is a really fun watch. It's one of the most fun. I think that there is this sort of very like obvious humor that they re- resort to a lot. Uh, in particular, the scene where Ant-Man is going to fight Falcon. Couple things. Yeah. Number one, it's like, oh, the, the Falcon, that's the that's the superhero that he's going to go meet because we are yeah. like, we couldn't get time. Literally, it's like, oh, because we can't get time with one of the bigger yeah. actors. It's like, like the lowest name. It's so hero. transparent that that's what's going on. That's kind of But it's funny. Silly. Um, the scene is funny, but it's also like, uh, the, um, we're going to get more of this in Civil War, but it, there's a lot of comments about like Paul Rudd being like, oh, oh, I'm such a big fan. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I need to do this. Oh, I'm starstruck, but also I got to attack you. But, and we get a lot more of that in the next yeah. movie. Uh, it's like very obvious humor, but I laughed and I enjoyed myself. Yeah, I. this is a good, totally off topic, somewhat on topic. Uh, this is a good time to note that apparently Anthony Mackie got the role of the Falcon because he just kept emailing Marvel that he wanted to be in an MCU movie. And then Kevin Feige like saw his email and then cast him as Falcon. That's hilarious. Very hilarious. If you are persistent enough and just send many emails, you might eventually get what you want. I I think that uh, I enjoyed this movie a lot more the first time I saw it. Like I thought it was a lot funnier. A lot of like the action stuff I enjoyed a lot more on a first watch. The second time I watched it, I enjoyed it a little less. And then this third time I watched it, I enjoyed it a little less also to the point where it's like a lot of the humor just like doesn't really work for me on rewatch it's like funny seeing it the first time because i think it's just a lot of the humor is just in like kind of how dumb the movie is Mm -hmm. and like it it knows it's pretty dumb uh like it's self-aware about it but it it doesn't have like a lasting a lasting value for me so where did you rank this one compared to guardians of the galaxy i have this one right below guardians of the galaxy interesting uh so numbers uh seventh out of 12 so i have this at six out of 12 but i have it quite a bit above guardians of the galaxy now also we have like a a lot of other Age things. Age of Ultron different. above this, which makes no sense. I give this a five out of ten because I thought it was a completely middle of the road movie, which I still kind of agree with. I still think yeah. it's very middle of the road. Yeah, I gave it a five as well. But I think that I I still like it so much more than Guardians of the Galaxy for a lot of the reasons I've talked about. I, I think that he uh, has a slightly different personality than any of the other characters, which I think is fun. I think you need when you when you have this growing group of Avengers, uh, which presumably Ant Man is going to join the Avengers. I think they actually say that. At the the end of the movie. I don't know if it's a in, in yeah, one of the end credit so. scenes or whatever, but they're like, "Oh, the 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 Avengers want you." And it's one of those whole, you know, yeah. the guy and he's like, uh, "So I met this girl and then she said that her friend, the guy." Oh yeah. yeah was, I did enjoy that sequence where like he like Michael Peña is like telling like, a his story voiceover, but, it, yeah. but like all the actors in in it are like moving their lips at the exact same yes. uh rate he's speaking. Like that that was like pretty well. I feel like that had to have taken like a lot of coordination. Yeah, it, it's, it's very and drunk history, and takes. I think it's fun. Yeah. So I, yeah. I liked that. So, you know, he's going to join the Avengers group or, or meet up with them. And I think he, it's good to have, like, a, a more normal guy in this group because you got, like, what do you got? A billionaire? You've Sorry, billionaire I'd, playboy philanthropist. Yeah. You've got... um you got, like, a 90-year-old a ninety year old body cranky of a 20-year-old. Dude. Um, you've got literally the Hulk... <laughs> 
and you have an Asgardian and um, and then a couple people who've been like Super spies spy for their entire lives. Lady. Right? So having him just be like Joe Schmo, who like his whole deal is that he did a, a white collar crime because a company was stealing money from people. Now, yeah, but he's like, it was a good crime well, because the company was bad. It, it was kind of confusing because the way he described it was like, this company did a crime and they stole money from people. So I stole it back. And I'm like, well, is that what you're saying? Or is it, it really just like they were they were a bad business and they weren't like stealing money, but they were like, you know. Yeah, he said they were like overcharging people. I guess what I'm saying is if, the, if it's really like you find out that this company you're working for is doing an actual crime, you would think that you could just like report that and it would get f- yeah. figured out and you'd be a hero. Yeah. But instead, he's like, I'm going to take it in my own hands and I'm going to give the money back to the people. And yeah. because of that... Because he's an idiot. Well, but it clearly has some like hacking ability or something. Yeah. I don't really know. Whatever. So he, uh, he's he got something. But, but regard- he's just kind of like an average dude, a little, little lo- down on his luck, you know, got complicated family relationships. I, I actually really enjoyed the uh, the like the, the cop new husband guy. I don't know. I thought he was funny just because he was yeah. He was so like, no, dude, you, you're you were in jail. You can't just come into our house. Like I loved how yeah. like straightforward and like real he was. Yeah, so. and I and I thought that their relationship, you know, like evolving throughout the movie, was very fun. It, it was very cheesy, but like you know, him realizing that he's he's actually like a superhero at the end, and like letting him out of the house. And then them having having like dinner at the end together. I think where the, where this comes down to me with comparing like this to Guardians of the Galaxy, which I'm comparing because I think they're both kind of silly movies. Yeah. I think where it comes to me is that like Guardians of the Galaxy is still harder for me, a non-superhero person, to swallow, right? Because it's like, we're going outer space. We got green people. We got talking raccoons. We got trees. And for me, I'm like, whoa, you're giving me like a lot to handle. Whereas this, I'm like, okay. It's kind of a heist movie, but then he can shrink down and, and have ants. Yeah. So there's only like one weird element that I have to kind of deal with <laughs> at the time, which is kind of like why I like Iron Man, because it's like it's normal life, mm-hmm. except he can build a suit. So yeah. And that's the way a lot of Marvel movies are for the most part. Uh, really just like Guardians of the Galaxy being an exception, uh, in yeah. my opinion. All right. So that's phase two. Talked for a while. Um, it, can you, what was your, you said your your rating was that you had it, what, seventh? Yeah, I have it seventh. I'm debating moving it ahead of Guardians of the Galaxy, given that I feel like I had more positive things to say about Ant-Man. What uh, did you give it out of 10? Guardians. Uh, I give it a 5 out of 10. Okay, so we both have it at a 5 out of 10, actually. Yeah. So looking forward to Phase 3, there are... Yeah, I feel like we might have to break up Phase 3 into like multiple podcasts. There are 11 movies in Phase 3, so I definitely think that maybe we'll we'll do a stopping point like after Black Panther or something. Um, Or maybe it's like Avengers Infinity War is probably a better stopping point, but that's like 8 movies, so... Yeah, yeah, that's 7 movies and then so we'll see because i'm already be weird to see one. like four after that we've got a lot coming up here i think the one that i'm looking forward to most is spider-man homecoming yeah so i'm it's looking one. forward to that uh the very very small taste of peter parker that i received from civil war i really enjoyed and i wanted to see more so yeah excited to talk about that um i'm Sneak also peek of my opinions on phase three i think tom holland is the best peter parker i, I think that uh my only actual spider-man movie that i've 
scene is the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, which I think was called Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I don't think it had a, more of a name. <laughs> it was called Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I never saw any of the Andrew Gar- Garfield ones, uh, but I've seen like clips. Mm. Was They're that, not great. Now, was that the one with Emma Stone? Yeah, Emma okay. Stone. So who was the girl in the Tobey Maguire version? Was that, uh, it was... Not, um, what's her name? Oh, God. Kirsten Dunst? Or... Yeah, I think so. I think so. So saw you that. You got Kirsten Dunst, you got Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Yeah. James Franco. Yep. Yeah. So I recall that. Um, so I'm excited to see sort of a more like young, uh, I don't know, boyish version yeah, it's like high school. of him. Yeah, it's like a high school movie. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Uh, you got Zendaya. Yeah. So I'm excited to see all of that. I'm excited to see both Infinity War and Endgame just because I've heard such massive things about them. Yeah. I mean, they're huge movies. Uh, excited I, to I think see I'm, Captain I think Marvel. it would be good to go up through Black Panther and then start with Infinity War for the second part of okay. the podcast. Cool. I'm really, really excited about Black Panther. I'm also really excited about Thor Ragnarok. The only yeah. one on this list that I'm really not, like, I, I'm not anti it, but I don't have any take on it is Doctor Strange. I haven't really heard much about Doctor Strange, and I don't really know what the, like, general consensus is on that movie. I think it's not one of the most beloved movies, not the most hated either. It's very, it's a very different movie, though, I'll say. It's, and I I will say it's a very, like, standalone movie. Okay, so maybe, maybe um, I'll like it as a movie, but maybe I won't enjoy yeah. it personally as much. We'll see. That's kind yeah. of what I'm expecting, but yeah, I think I think you'll get you'll get some stuff out of it for sure. Yeah. It's uh every, everything on this list. I I think like we're past like all the real stingers. One movie that I'm not going to say aside, Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, you don't like Ant Man and the Wasp? No, that's the only one left that I like. Don't like. What I heard from some people was that they they liked that better than the first Ant Man. So really I'm curious. Um, and by some people, I'm pretty sure that was what Josh and Kevin said. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I could be okay, wrong. that's interesting. Or maybe they just said that they liked the Wasp character better in that than, mm. than her in Ant Man because she didn't get to do much. She didn't do much. Yeah, unfortunately. So we'll, Josh we'll is see. also probably biased because it's a character, an actress from Lost. Well, then I can't take his word on anything, can I? <laughs> nope. Yeah, so we'll see. But I, I'm excited to get to these next chunk of movies. Really excited to watch it. Excited to talk about it. I'm I'm excited to get through these faster because yeah, um, hopefully less than a year for for next yeah next podcast. And, and the thing about these movies, which is is such a cop out, but I'm just gonna say the reason that it's taking me so long to get through these is because usually on a night where I want to watch a movie, I'm like in my pajamas, laying down, and I don't feel like talking to a camera or recording my thoughts. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, oh well, I can't watch one of these movies. Like I'd love to but I have to think about it and I have to take notes and I have to, you know, and I'm not taking like hardcore notes. I'm taking like one page note for each movie yeah. and it's usually like pros, cons, general plot, just so I remember things. But we'll yeah. get to it. Remember, as always, if you for some reason are just listening to these to make sure you check out my Instagram Instagram highlights because that's where you get my actual takes during the movie. I'm saving all of those in highlight form. So even if you miss when I do it, then you'll you'll see those. Yeah, follow the official Kowski cast uh, Instagram account as well oh yeah yeah make sure you follow that because i we have posted nothing there but um yep. there will be there'll be stuff there in the future um my my co-host of my twilight podcast was like you should probably have an instagram for this and i'm like yeah probably so yeah she's she's in charge of that 100 percent. but so, <laughs> social media manager yeah social media manager rachel stukenborg speaking of which feel free to listen to twilight which is back in action and actually we only have one more well the time you're hearing this who knows i think at the time you're mm. hearing this there will be two more official Twilight chapter podcast. We've just already recorded one, so I'm I only have one more to do, which I'm recording this weekend. And uh, and then we've got about three bonus podcasts that we have planned because we want to do a Brant Steel because I think that'd be funny. Yeah. And, uh, 
I gotta watch the movie. So we gotta do movie pod and then another secret special podcast that we're gonna do also that Rachel doesn't even know about. What else is going on? We're on Yatus from Riverdale, but uh, I am releasing back episodes of various things and I have a new series that will be coming out sometime. <laughs> Unclear when, but it'll be coming out at some point that uh, maybe, maybe some of you guys will like. If you like me talking about movies, you might enjoy it. Maybe, who knows? I'm not really sure what the audience for this is. Point of myself having a podcast Humans. is that I, I get to talk about things that I find enjoyable. So that's why we're doing this. But Will, thank you so much for coming on here. It's been really great talking with you. As yeah. as always, it's really fun to talk to people who are, uh, you know, I mean, all my podcast hosts are my friends, but you're like a friend, sure. like, you know, that I get to yeah, see in like person. Yeah, like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> in real life. Like, yeah. I, I see you like on a weekly basis. Yeah. So everybody make sure that you follow Will. Are you at Will from America on everything? Or? Yeah. Uh, I think everything. Yeah. I thought so too. Uh, if not, then shame on me for my inconsistent branding. But yeah, feel free to check out my Twitch stream if you want to watch me mediocrely playing games. Mediocrely? Sure. Mediocre. Playing yeah, sure. games medi- me- with mediocre amounts of skill. Will, you got anything else going on? Check out Robin Akivanita podcast yeah. in the coming weeks. And where do people go if they want to buy the Song of the Summer 1? If they want to buy the Song of the Summer 1, it's on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, look up It's Karate Time by Will from America. Still relevant. See, I wonder if when we recorded our MCU 1, if that had even come out yet. I mean, it was close. I don't I don't think so cuz it, it was in that, June. we recorded that at the end of June. Yeah. Oof. So I think that predated. Wow. Uh, cuz I definitely would have plugged it otherwise. If the if the Mary CEU podcasts are for some reason your only foray into Will from America, definitely check out the, the Song <laughs> of the Summer podcast from Robin Akivanita podcast yeah. um, from way back in last summer. Uh, and then make sure to check out the, the Song of the Summer too that will be coming out at some point. Coming soon. Yeah, coming soon. I'm, I'm, theater I'm really excited. You. From the little bits I've heard of the new Song of the Summer, I'm very excited. Mary got a sneak peek. Yeah, I got a sneak peek. This is what happens when you get to be friends with the genius behind the songs. <laughs> um, oh, stop. Yeah. Uh, well, Will, thank you so much for chatting with me, and we'll be back for probably at least two more of these because we gotta gotta break up phase three. It's just it's absurdly long. Look, with them putting all three <laughs> of the the Iron Man movies in the first seven, and then just being like, okay, six movies for phase one, six movies for phase two, phase three, just until we get tired of making movies, I guess. Yep, it spanned like like I guess it was like three years. It felt like way more than that. Yeah, they just chugged out a lot more movies. There's like three movies a year. Like, yeah. um, phase one uh, was over the span of i think four years four years yeah and phase because yeah, iron man was 2008 phase two was only like three years so i, I think that's just yeah they, they just made more movies um and i i know that a trailer for phase four just came out which i have been kind of avoiding because i don't want to be spoiled yeah but, probably a good idea but i'll watch it eventually all right thank you again everyone for checking this out until next time stay cool <laughs>